Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we've been looking at an article found in the October 2022 edition of the Leahona magazine. It's a publication put out monthly by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for its adult membership. On page four of the October issue, there's an article titled The Everlasting Covenant. It is basically a transcript taken from a talk that was given by 17th President Russell M. Nelson At the end of the article, it says this message was also delivered at a general conference leadership meeting on March 31st, 2022. In this article, Nelson makes a lot of statements that we do not think he can justify biblically. He gives, for instance, his definition of the Hebrew word hesed, and I think even in that area, he gets some things right, but then he gets a lot of things wrong. As he goes on in this article, or you could say as he went on in this talk to various leaders in the church, he makes a comment about Adam. He said, as did Adam, you and I personally entered the covenant path at baptism. Then we enter it more completely in the temple. The blessings of the Abrahamic covenant are conferred in holy temples. These blessings allow us, upon being resurrected, to, quote, inherit thrones, kingdoms, powers, principalities, and dominions to our exaltation and glory in all things, end quote. And that comes from Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, verse 19. Okay, first of all, as did Adam, you and I personally entered the covenant path at baptism. Now, the covenant path is basically what the member of the LDS Church must do if they hope to receive exaltation after they die. It's a covenant of works. There's really no other way to describe it. When he talks about entering the covenant path at baptism, that's what he means. You promise to keep the certain commandments as a member of the Church. And I read those in yesterday's show. But when he says, then we enter it more completely in the temple, not only are there covenants that are made when you are baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which of course includes keeping commandments, you also make promises when you are in the temple. And in the temple, we find that these covenants, though worded very differently, does include keeping commandments. What are the covenants that Latter-day Saints make when they enter their temples? There are six of them. The number one is law of obedience, which includes striving to keep God's commandments. Number two, law of sacrifice, which means doing all we can to support the Lord's work. Number three, the law of the gospel, which is the higher law that he taught while he was on the earth. Number four, the law of chastity, which means that we have sexual relations only with the person to whom we are legally and lawfully wedded. And then we have law of consecration, which means dedicating our time, talents, and everything with which the Lord has blessed us to building up Christ's church on the earth. Now, Latter-day Saints will tell us that 
They believe their temple ceremony is a restoration of the way things were done anciently. Yet we don't find any of those bullet points that you just mentioned, Eric, in the Old Testament. We have no historical evidence whatsoever that those bullet points were things that Jewish participants in the temple did. And yet we're told it's a restoration. Now, where does this idea of Adam come in that Adam also entered the covenant path at baptism? They don't get this from the Bible either. Where does that come from? It actually comes from the book of Moses found in the Pearl of Great Price, chapter 6. I'll just read a couple of verses to give you an idea of what was said. God hath made known unto our fathers that all men must repent. And he called upon our father Adam by his own voice, saying, I am God. I made the world and men before they were in the flesh. Verse 52 says, And he also said unto him, If thou wilt turn unto me, and hearken unto my voice, and believe, and repent of all thy transgressions, and be baptized even in water, in the name of mine only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth, which is Jesus Christ, the only name which shall be given under heaven, whereby salvation shall come unto the children of men, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, asking all things in his name, and whatsoever ye shall ask, it shall be given you. Uh, Bill, I'm going to say Adam being in the Old Testament, before the Old Testament was even thought of, these are all New Testament ideas. And, and that's what shows, I think, the fraud that was being perpetrated by Joseph Smith. He's cribbing a lot of these ideas from the New Testament, and he's placing them in an Old Testament context. We would call that an, an anachronism. But you see here again, folks, if you were to believe that Joseph Smith is in fact a true prophet of God, you probably wouldn't be suspicious at all. Even though we find Adam understanding, or at least having explained to him, a lot of these New Testament concepts that nobody else seemed to know about until we get to the time of the New Testament. That looks a bit suspicious to us, because it looks like Smith is merely plagiarizing ideas and even semi-quoting New Testament passages and conflating them that looks suspicious to us. It looks like Joseph Smith is, in fact, plagiarizing from the New Testament and giving us this idea that Adam, the first man, understood all these principles and concepts and was actually baptized in water. We don't find anyone else baptized in water in the Old Testament. Certainly nothing that resembles what Mormons are doing or covenants that they make. We don't see that at all. This is all unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, not even just anyone else. Adam himself, we don't have any evidence of that, except for this reference in the Book of Moses, which we don't accept as Scripture that came actually from Moses himself. We don't even have a text for the Book of Moses. So again, we have to trust implicitly in what Joseph Smith is telling us. There's no way to prove or verify that what Joseph Smith is telling us is true. And you're making a good point. We certainly have the papyri from the Book of Abraham, and Joseph Smith was not capable of translating that. We know that for a fact. Well, here we have no text. How are we going to believe that this actually is what Moses would have said? And then it's very suspicious, as we just said, with all of this New Testament language and the gospel being proclaimed, I, I, it does not make sense in an Old Testament background. Now, 
on page seven of this article, there's a pull quote, and it says, those who make sacred covenants and keep them are promised eternal life and exaltation. Jesus Christ is the guarantor of those covenants. Now, when it says that those who make sacred covenants and keep them are promised eternal life and exaltation, that is certainly a basic teaching and understanding of the salvation plan as it's been told to members of the LDS Church. You don't just make covenants, you're supposed to keep them. So when Eric reads off those bullet points of the covenants that a Latter-day Saint makes in a temple of theirs, they are supposed to keep all those things. Now, do you think when they covenant to keep the commandments, Eric, that they're thinking in their mind, well, this only means some of the commandments? Or this means I can keep the easy commandments. No, they're instructed that when they make these kind of promises, and they make a similar promise when they partake of the sacrament every week, they promise to keep the commandments, and they are told that that means all of them. Well, if you must keep all of them in order to receive eternal life and exaltation— and no Latter-day Saint is keeping all of them, how many Latter-day Saints do you think are really going to receive this promise of eternal life and exaltation? I would say none. I've said it so many times, but it's true. I've talked to so many Latter-day Saints, and when I ask them if they are doing that, they tell me they're not. At best, they are trying or they're giving it their best shot, but that's not the requirement that they're given. Notice it doesn't say on this pull quote, those who try to make sacred covenants and those who try to keep them are promised eternal life and exaltation. It doesn't say that at all. The word try is not in there at all. You must successfully keep them all. But then at the end of page seven, Russell M. Nelson decides to quote from Galatians chapter 3. He said, All who accept the gospel become part of the lineage of Abraham. In Galatians we read, and this is from 3, 27 to 29, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and then there's an ellipsis there, ye are all one in Christ Jesus, and if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, he's merely making this claim that if you accept the gospel, and you have to remember in this context, that's the restored gospel of Mormonism. That's not the New Testament gospel that Christians throughout the world have historically believed. But he's using this passage out of Galatians, and it talks about how if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Well, what is that promise? The promise that is offered here is the promise of Christ, and how is that obtained? Chapter 3 in the book of Galatians makes it very clear that it's obtained by our faith, and it makes reference to Abraham himself. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, Paul says. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Sounds pretty similar to what we read in that pull quote on page 7. It doesn't say if you try to keep your covenants, you have to keep your covenants, and that would be all of them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, Paul says, for the just shall live by faith. 
Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Then Paul goes on to talk about Abraham and his seed. But again, how was Abraham justified? He wasn't justified by keeping law. He was justified by his faith in a promise that God gave him personally. That's why he was justified. The LDS Church completely misses that and puts its emphasis once again on commandment keeping that are found in this alleged covenant path. But that's not the New Testament gospel, folks. It's really pointing back to the law that Paul is showing does not grant you that forgiveness of sins. And how, Bill, does any of this have to do with God's loving kindness and his mercy shown to us, as Nelson said earlier in the article? It certainly doesn't, and that's, I think, one of the major flaws of what Nelson is trying to do here. And this is why we have a problem with this. As we've been talking about earlier, he he goes to that that Hebrew word hesed, and he tries to make it sound as as if Mormonism is teaching that kind of God. And we would disagree. He's not that kind of God at all. So what Nelson is basically doing is stealing a word from the Hebrew language, trying to apply it to the LDS church. But really, in doing so, he becomes deceptive. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.